Welcome to Living Fullness, a podcast where you're invited to walk with two unusual friends through the ups and downs of the art of friendship. My name is Stina Constantine. My name is Father Sean Burns, and together we explore what it takes to grow real, satisfying friendships, the joys and challenges we face along the way, and of course, becoming a good friend ourselves. We hope by sharing our learning and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. Welcome back to yet another episode of Living Fullness, whether you're listening in through your earpiece, in your car or in your home, as always, you are most welcome. How are you today, Padre? Well, thank you, Stina. How, about, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. Good. What have you been up to? I have actually been baking up a storm the last few weeks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to the point where we've just got like containers on top of containers of like baked goods, like yeah, cinnamon that's scrolls cool. and brownies. and <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yep. I think it's yep. just the spring season, just kind it of makes you go, yeah, yep. Yep. let's let's bake. I'm let's very pleased because at, uh, at some point I will be the recipient of these 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 goodies. Yeah, I think you have already had some. Yay. I've already given some of it away because I can't eat it all. <laughs> this is the problem <laughs> is that I bake them all because I enjoy baking them and then I'm like, who do I feed? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I need people to come and eat this, please. <laughs> I am people. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you are a person. Yes, yeah. <laughs> With the appetite of people. <laughs> no, uh, so <laughs> what about you, Padre? What have you been up to? Uh, I went for lunch today. Oh yeah, with uh, a, a a a family and oh. uh, had a, had a lovely, um, a beautiful silverside meal. Oh, it's just delicious. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely stunning. And a a a pudding. Butter, butterscotch pudding. Oh yeah, to die for. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so good. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. it was delicious. Yeah, like and licking the bowl kind of yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I blessed the house while I was there too. Oh, that good was job. Like, yeah, so Perfect. I blessed the house, and my reward was food. So <laughs> <laughs> for the people but, listening, uh, in case you haven't noticed a pattern here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have a one-track mind. <laughs> Uh, so is <laughs> happy to come and bless your home. Just give him something in that's return. Right. That's right. You'll see me standing at the front of my parish <laughs> with a sign, we'll bless for food. Uh, so <laughs> but don't come in for a hug. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So in this week's episode, we're continuing on with the, our series on the Beatitudes. And we're now up to the sixth Beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So just before we dive into this beatitude, just a quick disclaimer that part of this conversation that we'll be having today will also include the topic of sexual purity. So for those of us who are listening, who are of a younger generation, um, maybe just check in with mum or dad before you continue the episode, just making sure that content's okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also the second half of this episode, there was a technical glitch. So we've recorded that on a separate day. So let's let's start there because I think part of the concern that we have, certainly that I have about um, conversation around pure of heart, mm. is the very quick jump that we have to thinking that purity of heart means sexual purity. Mm. That that is sort of all it encompasses. Yeah, yeah. And that is partly because we have a very sexualized, highly sexualized world. So if that's your thought pattern when you hear the word 
pure of heart or purity. Um, it's okay. Like my mm. brain was like that too. My brain jumped there too. And it's just a matter of rewiring that yeah, yeah. and coming to understand that that's not the whole picture when it comes to purity. Yeah. Even yeah. in the Christian sphere, sphere as mm. well we mm. also have the problem where we've hyper focused yeah. on what not to do with our bodies right. right and we've forgotten what to do to actually tend yeah. to our hearts yeah. purity has kind of become about what one ought not do right yeah it's, it's become about uh, um the list of do's and don'ts mm. and 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 in doing so as you say we've forgotten that purity is actually a uh it's it's about the beauty of the human heart when united with God. Yeah. 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 So diving into then what purity actually is, purity literally just means free from impurity. Like right. 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 That's that's essentially purity. Yeah. That's that, that's what purity means, which means that it's free from anything foreign. That there's right. no foreign elements involved, and because our hearts were actually made. For God, anything that enters our heart that's not of God is an impurity. Right. That is a foreign element to our heart. It doesn't belong there. Mm. So when it comes to really obvious impurities, you know, these would be anything that goes against the Ten Commandments. Right, really. right, right, yeah. Anything that goes against the Ten Commandments directly goes against the will of God mm. and therefore is not of God and therefore is a foreign element to our yeah. hearts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More subtle impurities include excesses of desire, um, which, which in the end also do fall against the, 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 the Ten Commandments, um, but perhaps not in the most clear way. Like mm. there, 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 are more, there are more subtle things. Um, uh, so um, like, for instance, the desire for food and drink, um, you know, it's good. Mm. The desire for food and drink is good. Mm. For our body, for our mind, for our soul, but the excess point of gluttony does not serve any good purpose. It's it, it is once again a foreign element that enters in because it doesn't fuel our body, it doesn't help our mind, it doesn't assist our soul. Uh, it instead does quite the opposite. It mm. makes us physically sluggish. It makes us. Uh, uh, it sort of dulls the senses, dulls the mind, uh, and and it does actually chip away at our willingness to allow God to direct our hearts. Gluttony it, it can actually be a uh, it can actually be a grave a grave thing if 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 one is just you know constantly um, gorging or if one is constantly only taking the finer things in life and and you know not that there's anything wrong with 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 Good food, don't get no, me wrong. Yeah, uh, but or uh, even having some or of those finer or things, or even in having life. some of those finer things in life. But 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 to the contempt of all other things, sort of only having the finest things in life. You know, it can be a it can be a grave thing, but it can also be a more subtle thing, though, as well. Mm. It can also be something that that we allow to, where the excess of desire is allowed to to uh, to grow, and it's slowly but surely sort of separates us in a way from the love of God because all of a sudden we have this 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 love of this other thing mm. this love of this desire which has in a sense become our master it's mm. become our god uh, that 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 we feed um, yeah yeah um, another um, 
aspect, another sort of um, sort of subtle impurity might be um, anger, which in and of itself is 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 not a bad thing. Mm. You know, it's it's, uh, uh, but you know, stemming from a place of justice and it, it can actually be be quite good. Mm. Um, but when when it is not tempered by charity. Um, and instead it turns towards vengeance, it turns towards excess or wrathfulness, it becomes a, a, a moment where impurity is harboured. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and because it's something that can really consume our hearts. Even, you know, and, and it's something that can become habitual. Um, uh, you know, which is what impurity does it consumes our hearts because it becomes the the it's a bit like a um uh it's a bit like a a, a cancer almost you know it, it starts with one cell mm. and then it grows and grows and metastasizes and, and and you know this is the the um uh, the the danger of of allowing our emotions and our desires to rule us is that it, it actually it provides the space for impurity to to take take root mm. yeah so having talked a bit about uh, impurity in a couple of different ways I also want to make sure that we don't dismiss the fact that although sexual impurity is not the whole, um, idea of purity, we do mm. also have to address that that is a part of sure, impurity. Sure. So there's two things that sort of come to mind regarding sexual impurity. The first is that it's not a permanent state. Mm. Um, it's not a case of, oh, I was sexually impure and now that's just the way that I am and I can't be any more pure no matter how hard I try. It's like I, this... I, I fell once or I fell several times and that now defines me. There's right. no way right. that I can change. It's a permanent state. This is just who I am. Yep. Yep. Or the kind of lie that our culture tends to feed us at the moment that says, actually, sexual impurity should be celebrated. Right. It's liberating. Right. Like mm. Almost like that's the default state for humanity yep. is to be in a state of sexual impurity. Yes, yes. Um, and that would suggest that we can't change. If that's our default, that says that we can't change. And if we can't change, then we can't grow. Right, right, um, precisely. But this would have, you know, this probably could have been the, the outcome if we didn't have salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we do. So, yeah. and because of that, we do have room for growth. That's just a, that's just a lie. Mm. Mm. Um, the second thing is that, we can't become paralyzed by perfection. Mm. So we can become obsessed by perfection and nitpick yeah. um, in the name of growth even. Yeah. Yeah. And that can paralyze us and have the absolute opposite effect of what mm. we're actually looking for. Yeah. So this is where humility can sometimes get um, misunderstood. Mm. Humility is not tearing ourselves down. God doesn't want us to criticize our design. Right. He doesn't even want us to criticize ourselves when we fall. Like he just examining our conscience isn't the same as being scrupulously critical of our every move. Right. He wants us to acknowledge, yes, I fell. Acknowledge that you fell. Okay. Have yeah. a contrite heart for the impact that that's had. Yeah. And then go to him. Right. <laughs> go to him right. and tell him that you're sorry and ask for forgiveness. And then get up and try yeah. again. Yeah. Right. True humility is knowing who we are at any given point 
in relation to God. And here on earth, that's a fallen human nature. Right. Right. So we make mistakes, but we turn consistently to the Father. It's not about how many times we make the mistake. No, no. It's about consistently turning back to the Father and allowing him to heal us. That's right. That's right. We'll shower that love and mercy. Probably at this point too, it's important to mention that um, there are there are some voices out there that say um, very very silly things like um, if you find yourself in mortal sin, any mortal sin, I suppose. For for, for our, our our listeners who who um, may be unaware of of, of, of the distinction, um, Saint Paul talks about um, a, a sin which is. Um, uh, a sin which is sort of light, I suppose, mm. but then he also talks about a sin which is uh, which causes death, mm. and um, and so in, in in Catholic terminology we refer to this as venial, which sort of refers to a light kind of sin, and mortal, which refers to a to a very grave mm. and and a, a sin which kind of kills the life of the soul in a certain sense, which can be healed by by, by, by sacramental uh, confession. Um, but uh, um, you know, th- th- there are some silly voices that say. Um, you know, if you're in mortal sin, that you can then 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 you can't pray. Mm. You know, you can't you can't speak to 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 God. Mm. Uh, now now they, they they take this from something that 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 Saint John Chrysostom once said, taking it out of context, um, which is easy to do with the early church fathers, um, and it's so wrong. It's so wrong because what's what's often forgotten is that repentance in and of itself is a grace. It, yeah. It's not a human act. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, yes, there is there is a there is a human sort of I, I bring myself to God yes. willingly, I allow I, I, I cooperate with that grace. But but ultimately repentance is God's movement towards man. It's mm. not man's movement towards mm. God. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's uh, uh, this it, it must be remembered that okay if if you've fallen don't think you can't speak to God mm. don't think there's nothing that, that you, for goodness sake of course you can mm. God is loving He's merciful He's a yeah. Father He wants to hear from yeah. you um, there is no point where you're too far gone no exactly exactly no point exactly um, um, in, in regards to the commandments in in this regard in terms of sexual purity mm. uh, we have the sixth and ninth commandments. And um, uh, I think it's it's worthwhile. You know, one of the things you said was that that there are two extremes, and you know, one of those extremes is eh, it's all good, and the other extreme is oh, I'm so bad, you know, and 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 I'm done for, and this is it, this is who I am now. I think part of the reason for that particular thing is that it's 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 almost the human sexuality goes down to the very core identity of who we are. Uh, the ability to make a gift of oneself to another, you know, and and it 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 touches all of our interactions, um, and even for me as a priest, I'm able to give myself as a man uh, with with masculine traits to 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 other people as a you know as a gift to to, to serve them. Mm. Uh, so um, uh, it, it touches the very core of our being, and if we if we sin in this way. It's often, I think, it's felt like, well, I've, I've, I've done this thing that goes right down to the center of who I am, and so, uh, what, what left do I have? You know, God's mercy is what we have. Yeah, you know, God's mercy yeah. and God's goodness, and the promise that nothing is definitively mm. lost. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, um, so w- when we when we deal with the commandments, I think it's important that we just we bear that in mind. Um, so the sixth and ninth commandments. Um, 
uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, uh, and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Um, and it, these these two commandments kind of go together because they, they sort of go towards the Sermon on the Mount, which is kind of fitting because that's where the Beatitudes <laughs> yeah. come from, you know. Um, and uh, it's it's so it's not just a, a a case of not committing sin physically, you know. It's 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 not just a case of of um, you know, and, and sometimes you do hear this. It's not like I did anything. Mm. You know, I haven't actually done anything. Mm. Right? Okay, yep, yep. Um, but what was your heart? Yeah. What, what was my heart doing at this point? Yeah. You know, it's not just about what I do anymore. It's not just a case of actually committing the sin physically, but also what's in my mind and my and in my heart. Am I thinking about adultery, or undressing someone with my eyes, or indulging with my imagination? Uh, you know, these are, are are the those those aspects of, of the sixth and the ninth commandments, which which I think we have to uh, which we have to look at, and which Jesus calls us to actually uh, to consider that it's not just what I do; it's also my heart, mm. uh, and uh, and we need to be wary then in the age in which we presently live, in order to sort of keep the sixth and ninth commandments. That's to say, uh, to guard both our action but also our mind. We need to be wary in this age in particular not to be desensitized towards sin. Um, Our hearts have a defensive system, as it were, uh, for for that which is foreign, and it's called a conscience. We should learn to listen to our conscience, uh, and it should be be trained well. It ought to be formed well. And uh, and and a for- well-formed conscience is a conscience which uh, connects up with the natural moral law. That is to say, with the Decalogue, with the Ten Commandments. Sorry, big fancy word, Decalogue. <laughs> um, it's what you do, Paco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so our, our conscience is that voice of God which helps us to uh, to know when we're doing something wrong. And we all know the conscience. We all mm. know that voice of conscience. That voice that speaks to us and says. I shouldn't be doing this. This doesn't <laughs> this, feel good. This doesn't feel good. This, I know that this is wrong. Mm. Um, well, in, in a world which is so jam-packed full of um, impurity made to look like it's attractive. Mm. you know, It's really not, but it's made to look like it's attractive. Mm. Uh, well, in a, in a world like that, um, uh, we need to be careful that we're not desensitized to the things which are not of God. Because we are being bombarded right. with a lot. Right, right. Information-wise, sensory-wise, like there's constant okay. bombardment. Okay. You know, it, it's it's a bit like, um, you know that, that, that TV series, um, and I, I have not, I'm proud to say I've never seen an episode of this, um, uh, that TV series, the ga- uh, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, no, neither have I. I've right, heard, right. I've heard enough about right. it. Heard about it, right? <laughs> and, and look, this is probably going to be like some of our viewers are going to be, or listeners are going to be like, "What? Oh, wow. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you insulting this program?" Which I love. I'm sorry, but it, it's it's in essence, it is it is pornographic. That's what I hear. You yeah, know, that's that is, that's that is what I hear. That's yeah. the you know. And, People say, "Oh, look! I don't watch porn, but I I, I I watch Game of Thrones." Well, well, tomato, tomato. You know, it's it's sort of, uh, you know, the the um, we we actually need to be um, to be discerning about what we watch mm. 
and what we listen to because that stuff affects our hearts. If we're watching something which degrades and denigrates the human body by presenting uh, uh, acts of intimacy to third parties, that's pornography. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's no two ways about that. Uh, so we, we, we really do need to, um, to be aware of that and I think to, to um, not allow ourselves to be desensitized yes. uh, by that stuff, to see it as objectionable and, and, and to treat it as such. And I think one of the most beautiful aspects of this beatitude, and it's probably the reason why it's my favourite beatitude, it's the promise that it makes. It's the promise of being able to see God. Mm. Remembering that these beatitudes, they're not just about what we might receive when and if we make it to heaven, but it's a way of life here on earth. And so that promise too means that we get to see him here on earth. That's part of that promise. And I think this is why people like Mother Teresa was able to say something like, I can see Christ in the people that I serve. Mm. And it wasn't just because she would see the suffering of a person and she could, you know, see their poverty and their illness and almost like in a pitiful way kind of say, oh, yeah, well, you know, through that suffering I can see Christ and it sounds all, you know, romanticised and whatever else. Mm. No, no, but she actually meant she could see the person and she could see Christ who dwells within them precisely because she lived a life of purity. Like she, she would have had to have had a pure heart to be able to see Christ in every person that she served, not just mm. a one particular person, one off, but every person that she served. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, and that purity of heart actually meant that she was open to receiving the movements of the Spirit. And that, I think, is also what was the case with Mary, with Mother Mary. We know that it was her purity of heart that meant that she was able to be so open to receiving God first in her heart and then in her womb. And it's the same for the faith of Joseph too. That allowed him the privilege of being so close to Jesus. I mean, he was able to raise Jesus. (laughs) The kind of faith and trust and purity of heart that that both of them would have had to have to be able to do that and to be able to be so close to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's stunning. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. And so too for us. We'll see him too. Yes, yes. (laughs) That's the promise that we'll see him too when our hearts are free of impurity free of anything that's foreign to God mm. and open only to God, then we will see him too. Yeah. Which, you know, when you look at that in comparison to what happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, we know from Scripture it says that their eyes were opened, but their eyes weren't opened to God. Right. Their right. eyes were opened to evil and destruction and pain and suffering. Yeah. That's not what we're saying, what we're seeing here. We're seeing the exact opposite. We're seeing Jesus invite us back to a new, a new life being, you know, the new Adam and the new Eve's example to follow to be able to see God again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, um, this, this come and see, uh, mm. you know, this, 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 this see business to see something in the ancient world was actually much more than just to behold it with one's eyes. Mm. Um, uh, you know, when when Jesus says to, I think it's it's Peter and Andrew um, in the Gospels, they they 
come and they say to Jesus, um, Master, where do you where do you live? You know, where, where are you where are you living? And he's like, Come and see. Mm. Well, it's not actually just saying to them, "I'll oh, come and check out where I'm living. Come and <laughs> come and see my tent." You know, he's he's not. <laughs> come he's and not, check out my come crib. and check out my digs. You know, he's he's <laughs> he's not saying that. Um, what he is saying is that don't just come and see where I live. He's actually saying to them, come and possess me. Come and have me. Mm. Because the, 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 to, to see something in the ancient world was to actually to possess it. And so what he's inviting uh, Andrew and, and Peter to is more than just coming to see a house. <laughs> he's inviting them into a relationship where everything that they are, they give to him. Mm. And he gives to them in return everything that he is. Uh, they give him their hearts; he gives them his. Mm. And, and you, you, you mention also uh, the, the the blessed mother there, who's who who very very perfectly was able to see the glory of God, you know, and and you know she was able to see and respond, mm. you know, and and um, well, I, I often think of that that passage in chapter one of Luke, where the angel Gabriel comes to visit Mary. Mm-hmm. And we're told there, you know, the angel says, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And Mary is troubled at the greeting. Mm-hmm. Now, if it were you or me, we'd probably be troubled <laughs> by the presence of an angel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not by a greeting, yeah. but by the presence of an angel. Yeah. Right? Mary, we're told, is not troubled by the presence of the angel. <laughs> She's troubled by the greeting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and it tells us that this is, she is probably not unaccustomed mm. to the spiritual. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She would be used to seeing in some way or other the glory of God made manifest, be that in those around her, be that in the angelic. She would be used to seeing God's yeah. glory. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of other commandments that we can look at more generally speaking with this beatitude is the first and the fifth commandment. The first being, have no other God before me. And because our hearts were made for God, they really shouldn't be filled with anything that is not of God. Um, Because that really gives mastery to something else over us. Um, And then as for the fifth commandment, it's not just about thou shall not kill another human being. It's about also not putting to death the promptings of the spirit that's moving as well um, and really clearing the way as well to allow God to fully dwell in us because really if our hearts are where he dwells, then shouldn't our hearts be the most magnificent place right, of all? Right, exactly. Like, you know, some kind of like a brilliant castle. Yeah. And anything that kills love in any shape or form, whether that's physically or in thoughts or words or deeds, really invites something into that castle of ours that doesn't belong there. And unfortunately, these things, they're not just happy to, you know, hang out in the hallway and wait for an invitation to move somewhere else. So they just move in and take over and take control and destroy everything that's there. Mm. consumes wanting to take over what rightfully belonged to God. Sin is no respecter of boundaries. No respect for boundaries. So God wants to enter and dwell there with us. And because he loves us, unlike sin, he respects us. (laughs) He actually respects our free will. 
And so when we allow foreign elements into our hearts, he won't overstep and force himself. Mm. He'll wait because he has no desire to break our trust whatsoever. He will wait until we want him and him only. Mm. That's what love is. Yep. That's that's what love lo- you know looks like and feels like and what yeah. love does. It respects our freedom to choose him. And he helps us along the way too. You know, he helps us to become closer to him, which is how we become better able to see mm. him in in others. It's how we are better able to become and have a more pure heart. But the trouble is too that the closer we get there, our hearts begin to ache (laughs) because light doesn't just showcase beauty. Light also brings forth the places that aren't so great, that need to be cleared out. And I think that we hear that with Peter. Mm. Like We hear that when when Peter meets Jesus and he's struck by the miracle. But the first thing he says is, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Like he recognizes straight away that, wow, I have a desire for this. There is something about him. It's amazing. And I I want to be with him. But, oh, what is this? What is this ache? What is this pain? (laughs) And that's hurt. Like it hurts, but it's a good thing. It's a really good thing because it shows that there is something here that needs to be uprooted. Mm. Um, And there is something that we we can be rid of in order to be able to be with him more fully. Yeah. Yeah, the um, it's really beautiful what you've said there that uh, you know um, sin promises so much. Mm. It promises so much. I I yeah. joke to my seminarians in, in in first year that that sin is like the worst flatmate you ever had in your life. <laughs> that you know he's like that flatmate who walks in and he breaks all your stuff and he's like, oh, I swear I'll pay for it next time, and he, he never does. <laughs> He never does. Yeah. He just keeps breaking stuff. And you're like, man, you gotta, you, you gotta pay for this. Oh, I will I promise? I will. But never, never, ever delivers. Never pays rent. Mm. Never delivers on the stuff that he breaks. Mm. He's just he constantly sends the apartment into a, uh, into disarray, and promises that one day he'll clean it up. And yeah. and, and he's sin is the worst, personifying sin here. But <laughs> sin is the worst roommate. Ever. Mm. Uh, so, um, and leaves you wounded. Like, leaves you wounded, exactly. Doesn't just get evicted exactly. and, and, you know, carry exactly. on and That's leaves right. you at peace. That's right. No, exactly. <laughs> leaves you completely wounded. Exactly. Exactly. That's it's right. It's a bad relationship. <laughs> it's a bad relationship. It's a bad relationship. But it, it reminds me too of a, um, uh, you know, where you talk about the fact that, that God, um, you know, he, he waits for us. Mm. There's this brilliant text by Saint, Saint C.S. Lewis. Oh, a bit quick. <laughs> I just canonized the man. Um, there's this great, great text by, or a great story by, by C.S. Lewis. Uh, it's called The Great Divorce. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll talk about why it's called The Great Divorce another time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he, um, he has this, this story within that book where an angel has met a man who has this this particular sin that he's attached to. And the way that it manifests itself is this sort of monster that sits on his shoulder uh, and is attached to him. Yes. Right? And and, and he, he the angel asks him, may I get rid of that? You know, and uh, no, no, look, it's, it's, it's okay. Leave it where it is. No, I, I can get rid of it. One strike. That's all it yeah. takes. I can get rid of it. Yeah. But it must be at your word. Mm. Yeah, God waits for us to prefer him 
to those other things that we might have an attachment for in our hearts because at no point does he ever force himself upon us because that is not what a loving father does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Very beautiful. Yeah. So there's an episode on the sixth beatitude, blessed are the pure at heart for they shall see God. We hope that you've received something useful or helpful or something that's um, struck you in this episode. Please let us know if there is something like that. We always love hearing from you. Yeah. And would you please also consider sharing this episode or another episode if it struck you with someone, it might help some other people get something out of these episodes as well. Uh, if you haven't already, we ask you to also consider if you can financially support us over on Patreon. You'll find the link in the description box. Financial support is really important for us to be able to continue the work that we do and to carry on our mission, especially as a new year arises and there are yes. a few different changes happening to the way that we'll need to record. So even as little as $3 a month will go a long way for us. Absolutely. To those of you that are big fans of uh, games, Game of Thrones, um, <laughs> my sincere apologies to a certain extent. Uh, and uh, if there's anybody who wants to, to disagree with me on that point, I'm more than happy to hear mm. about it. So please don't feel like you, you, you can't uh, uh, email some questions or concerns or issues about my position there. Uh, <laughs> you are... Um, you're, particularly since I haven't watched an episode, yes. I've just I, I'm going on hearsay. I am. I'm yeah. going on hearsay. So yeah. maybe if you want to uh, to, to correct me there, um, uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm very willing to hear it. So yeah. Uh, as always, you can jump over to our Facebook page, Virtue Ministry, to make contact with us, or you can jump over to our Instagram page, Living Fullness, where you can get in touch with us as well. So before we end this episode, Padre, a truth, beauty, <laughs> goodness for the week. Sorry, I just I, I nearly thought, oh no, I haven't got a truth, beauty, goodness, and actually no, it's okay, I do. <laughs> um, so you made um, over the over, I don't know, it was a few days ago, I forget exactly when, but you made crepes, <laughs> crepes. Uh, I, it's I, called crepe. I don't know why you tried to pronounce it the French way. Honestly. I don't know why either. It um, is also a silent s, I believe. Crepe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry to the French people who are listening. No. I am trying to learn your language and I suck. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so well, I suppose speaking French is not really your priority. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Uh, so uh, uh, reading French is, but speaking French is mm. not. Uh, so um, Stina made crepes and uh, and they were just the most delightful thing I have had in donkey's ages. They were so nice. Yeah, it was, uh, there, there was one that had egg. Mm. And it was delicious. But then there was one that had this mushroom thing, mushroom chicken thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was incredible. That was incredible. Uh, oh. So, so yeah, I got to have crepes and I was, I was pretty happy. It was a new recipe, so, so it was fun to be able to make it. But yeah. as with all anyway, things. There was much beauty to be had <laughs> in the recipe. So And lots of goodness. And lots of goodness, exactly. <laughs> Uh, How about yourself? Yeah, for me, it was um, hanging out with a church friend of mine. Shout out to Lydia. Lydia and I spent an afternoon doing some watercolour painting, which was really fun. We haven't done that um, before. We hadn't done it together, and I've only dappled in a little bit just with um, YouTube videos. Mm, like, mm. We just put on a video and sat outside and painted whilst the sun went down. Like, nice, it was, nice, it was nice, lovely. It was nice. so nice to just slow down. Yeah, like, yeah. 
nothing else. It was nice watching the hours go by. So Very cool. Thanks for that, Lydia. Thank you, Lydia. Very good. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Living Fullness. And as always, we will catch you next week. Until then, know of our love and prayers. God bless. God bless.